Warning, in this podcast, we speak freely as a form of expressing ourselves. With that being said, this episode may contain explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Foot News, where we talk most things football, also known as soccer. We'll try to keep you up to date with the most important things happening in the world of football. We love the Premier League and we love playing FPL. Those will be our main focus, but of course, there's the World Cup, Champions, and Europa League, and a bunch of other important things that could be happening. It's just a couple of friends talking about the game they love. I'm your host, X. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? Um, To be honest with you, episode five almost did not come out. There were some major technical difficulties with the recordings. Luckily, I've spent, and that's why I didn't come out last night like it usually does. It usually comes out like 2, 3 in the morning, um, but it didn't come out that time. I'm going to put it out. Hopefully, it's out for everybody by 2 o'clock today, October 11th. Um, shout out to my cousin up in Boston. He just had his baby boy yesterday, a 10 out of 10. Shout out to you. I know you listen. And shout out to all you guys that do listen. I know I have about 20 like loyal followers, and that might not seem like a lot, but you know, the first episode had like 100 uh, listens and now we're down to 20 and that's okay because uh, if I have 20 loyal listeners like that's dope I know that you're sticking with us and uh, you're enjoying the content and we're trying to get better for you every single time the reason I'm making this somewhat of an intro because you know just to warn you that there was some technical difficulties so some of the audio might sound a little choppy I apologize I did the best that I can I almost didn't put out the episode uh, but luckily I was able to save it and yeah I hope you guys still enjoy it some other conversations you'll notice that get picked up and it doesn't seem like it flows. And if you don't notice it at all, uh, and that's really good. I worked really hard on this. But once again, uh, sorry that it delayed for the release. I know some people texted me asking if there was going to be an episode out today. Um, so thankfully, I was able to save it. And sorry for this long ass intro. Just kind of wanted to give you a warning. Um, and for those people that are, you know, supporters of different clubs, in future episodes, we will definitely do better to, to try to get to that. We do give uh, the full results, but we do stick a long time on the match of the week because I feel like I had a lot of content, but we'll, we'll try to do better. Anyways, thank you for listening. You enjoy. Good morning, good evening, good night. Whenever you might be listening, thank you for joining us on another episode of Foot News. I'm your host, X, joined by my co-host, George. Hey, guys. Hope you guys, you guys had a good weekend. Let's get to it. And also joined by my other co-host, Chacon. What's going on, everyone? <laughs> Love it. Sweet, short, to the point. Um, so, yeah, we had a, a, good, a good weekend of football and a weekday because we also had a Monday with the Nottingham Forest and Aston Villa. We'll get to that, though. But uh, we'll go just straight through the fixtures as far as, you know, which one started first and which one we ended with. So this week, uh, well, we'll start with this one, Nottingham Forest, Aston Villa 1-1. Uh, I want to ask you guys more about that a little later. Uh, we also had Crystal Palace with Leeds. Crystal Palace took that one 2-1. to one. They were the home team over Leeds. Uh, it was a good game, close game. We had West Ham versus Fulham. Um, West Ham took that one 3-1. to one. We had the match of the week, in my opinion. I think everybody else would agree with it. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Arsenal, the Gunners took that one 3-2. to two. We'll get into that one as well. Everton versus Man United, a very close game. Man United, uh, Let's go. by the skin of their teeth, took no, that one won. two to one. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> two to one to Everton. Uh, that's a good away, away win for them. Uh, Bournemouth, Leicester, uh, two to one, going Bournemouth's way. Uh, as your, as your mastermind of predictions, George, he did call that one. We'll talk about uh, it. 
We'll talk about it. Chelsea versus Wolves. I think we all expected that one. That was a 3-0 thrashing by Chelsea. Man City, Southampton, 4-0. Could have been a lot more. Just 4-0. Man City takes that one at their home. Newcastle versus Brentford. This one was uh, somewhat surprising. I don't think that the winner of the match was surprising just in the fashion that it happened. Uh, Newcastle took that one 5-1 over uh, a pretty good Brentford, but this game... It was a shambles. Uh, Brighton Spurs, as we predicted, was going to be a pretty tight match. Uh, Spurs ended up taking that one one to zero. Also, your your um, mastermind of predictions, George, guessed that one correctly. Hey, there's something um, in common there. I know, I know. We'll and then we also, have, I know, uh, and that was it. Actually, that wraps it up. So, how'd you guys feel about overall? This weekend, how'd you feel about overall this weekend? The, the football, George, how do you think this uh, match week went for? I mean, what your expectations were and, and, you know, as far as how it turned out? I mean, they, I thought it was a great week of football, weekend of football. Uh, a lot of the matches, you know, went went how I thought and uh, it showed a little bit, but definitely that Arsenal Liverpool delivered and, you know, great to see my United boys back on the winning sheet, man. Let's get it. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Jack? How'd you feel overall about this uh, this weekend of football, bro? It was a great weekend. Uh, lots of goals. I mean, if you're neutral like me. Uh, I thought you were a Crystal Palace fan. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jumping ship. Well, you shouldn't jump ship. Yeah, that was uh, something I was talking that day. Um, <laughs> On the goose. But but overall, I mean, it was. I thought it was a fun weekend. Lots of goals. I think... I mean, for the most part, we called most of the matches. I mean, I there's a few I got wrong, but still goals in in every match. Um, I don't know in in recent years. I mean, we'd get a lot of nil nils, one zeros, two ones, but a lot of teams scoring a lot of goals, and that's always fun to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. You're right. There are there was a lot of nil nils uh, in previous seasons, and right now it seems like. Even the big clubs have a hard time holding that clean sheet. Um, so goals come from anywhere. So yeah, that was uh, that's awesome to see. I love when there's a lot of goals. Um, I think we're gonna get right into the match, the match of the week, which is. I mean, I know people might be like, "Why are you, you know talk about your team so much?" Well, honestly, they're the highlight right now. They're the team that's kind of up there, they're top of the table. <coughs> Arsenal versus you know a big club like Liverpool, which was a very interesting game with a lot of things to talk about. I guess, you know, I'm going to start off because, again, you know, I'm an Arsenal fan. And this was a, a game, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, you always get a little nervous. But I was actually excited and looking forward to this game. Unlike in previous years, I know I would talk my shit. But in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to be embarrassing. But no, going into this one, I was very excited about it. The way we've been playing, the confidence we've been playing. And I was excited to see it. I was happy for. I was happy as a fan. I knew that it was they were going to put up a fight, especially the way that they had been playing. Uh, but the Arsenal-Liverpool game definitely delivered. You know, Arsenal came out the gate doing exactly what they do, breaking quick when they receive the ball. And within the first minute of the game, I... I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this This happens so quickly. Uh, they're finding their quick players, the great passing, the smooth and confident, and Martinelli made a great run uh, right behind TAA. TAA caught out of position, I would say, or just the lack of awareness of you know the run that Martinelli made. It was a great little sneaky through ball by Odegaard, who I think just thrives off of these kinds of passes and gets the 1-0. And this is all within like 55 seconds as soon as the game had started. So... It was incredible to see um, 
But I will say that that goal, in my opinion, I know we'll get to however you guys feel. In my opinion, that goal actually kind of hurt Arsenal a bit because when that happened, I feel like the game plan of what whatever Arteta had you know put into play, we actually sat back a bit and it seemed as if we let Liverpool gain that uh, have possession of the ball a lot more. If anything, overall, I think Liverpool actually dominated the first half. They had more possession than us. They look a little more dangerous, especially with the balls over the top because we have a lot of space between Ramsdale and, you know, our back line. And they have quick players that can that can break that. So all the, you know, through balls and diagonal balls that they were sending seemed very dangerous. And it actually, that's how we got caught. I think it was atrocious defending by Gabriel. Um, Diaz got the ball on the right side from a long ball, sends Nunes in, and Nunes gets his goal. It just fucking had to be him, right? Um, back to what you were saying, George, how, you know, paying as much money as they did for a player, he has to get the start and he ended up getting the start. So you were right about something like that. Once again, uh, good prediction on that one. So Liverpool coming and having the possession of the ball, gaining that confidence gets the one, one, but it's kind of like a role reversal thing because as soon as Liverpool scored, they kind of, you know, the gas they had put on that pedal, they kind of took it off a bit. It seemed and Arsenal kind of woke up which they've been doing throughout the season. Arsenal gets scored on, and then, you know, they kind of come back and shoot back, especially in that Newcastle game, got scored on, you know, scored themselves, got scored on, scored themselves. So it's great to see that hunger and that fire in those players. Right before the half ends, I think it was even like an extra time. It was like 45 plus three or four minutes. It was about to end. The half was about to end. They have a great break. Gabriel does what he does. Uh, Cuts a player like in our half, sends the ball through. We're attacking. It's a 3v3. Martinelli goes on the left side, gets the ball, carries it. Henderson actually does, I think, Henderson does a good job. I know they were talking about him, but I think he does exactly what he's supposed to do. He's covering the space. He's covering the right side. So Martinelli can't keep going. And if he goes, he's going to go down line, which at that angle, there's not he's not that dangerous anymore. And all TAA had to do was cover the space in behind and wait for the cut. But I don't know what in God's name he was doing. And he went with Henderson, so they both got cut. I don't think that was Henderson's fault. And I know people say I bash on TA again, but once again, he fucked up. Martinelli cuts back, sends the ball across the box. Uh, Saka goes all the way back post. Gabriel lets the ball go through him. Great awareness from him, by the way. Saka, you know, is there for a tap-in. So Arsenal go into, you know, into the halftime being up 2-1. Now, this game has a lot to dissect, so we'll get into the second half later. But, George, how did you feel about this first half? How did it all play out? Oh, and... Sorry, to be fair, I know I'm an Arsenal fan. However, that handball by Gabriel, I felt should have been a PK. I know we talked about that Barcelona PK from last week in the Champions League uh, against Inter Milan. They, they, in, in Gabriel's defense, I guess I could see it both ways. His hand was already there when the ball was kind of hit towards his hand. It wasn't like the ball was hit and he reached up to try to like block the ball. I guess that was the only defense I can have for him. But it didn't seem like his hand was in a natural position, per se. So if that PK was called, I wouldn't have been mad. And I, I honestly, being non-biased here, even though it's hard to do so, I actually think <laughs> that should have been a PK for Liverpool. And that, I'm not saying they would have scored it, but, you know, more than likely they probably would have scored it. And that would have been a different shift to the game. But as far as being this game has so much to dissect, and that was just the first half I'm talking about, how did you feel about just the first half, George? How did you see Arsenal coming out? Is it what you expected, or, you know, how, how do you feel about this? I mean, like you said, I mean, everything just off-rip, right, with that in a minute in, it's just kind of like, oh, here we go. And, you know, they had a nice play, and 
like you said, Udegaard had a really nice ball that got right in between. Uh, hey, I'm gonna call him Trent Anderson until he gets back in form. I don't care. <laughs> uh, That's probably what it is. You cursed him, right? No, I think he cursed himself. Uh, and it's great finish by Martinelli. He's in great form, and like I said, I felt like they were gonna expose the wing backs, and I, hey, I guess in this case they did. And yeah, like you said, right after that, it kind of looked like it started going Liverpool's way, and it looked like they could have, you know, t uh, take over, and they did in the sense that you know Nunez got his goal. Hey, I told you that Gabriel, I don't trust him. If there's one, I mean, I'll get to my next point later on, but one of my main concerns is him, as in he's gonna cost you one day, you know, one of those games, maybe Man City, or whatever. I just he's to me he's just a little shaky, and you know. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you guys still got the dub, but I will watch out for him. And uh, just in terms of talking about the first half, it was just a great thing to watch how from 0 to 100, Arsenal gets on that break for that second goal. It was just like, bam, bam, boom. We're, we're off and running, and it was a good play. You know, uh, how you were saying about that cut that Martinelli had, I mean, I think it's just... The bashing of TAA—it's—it's kind of hard to say. I mean, unless they talked about it, you know, per se, as they were trying to get back on defense. But the transition was crazy by Arsenal. I mean, it's one of those things that, uh, unless Henderson made some type of like call, hey, you you watch you watch for the cut, I watch the line type of deal. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if if what you said is right, I mean, Trent Anderson, TAA got <laughs> got complete, you know. It, it it looked like a he looked like a Sunday league guy out there in that type of play, and I mean whether you think it's awareness or not, for all we know, maybe it's just Gabriel being a uh, a center back. He's just like, oh shit, I'm just gonna let it go by. But it was a beautiful play and, and well deserved goal going into the break. Um, you think uh, you think that uh, Liverpool kind of fell asleep like they're like, oh, you know, the half's about to be over. We're kind of on them, and just did not expect Arsenal to break that that quickly because I mean, like you said, that it was so it was so quick down line. The way they broke that defense and just went into a three v three situation because usually you break you break line and you have one forward up there that's running against three defenders, but they had three people up there ready to make that play. Um, yeah. And as far as like you know making that call, like you have to have that awareness and they're professionals. I mean, I'm sure that communication was there. Although there was a play where Van Dyke was very uncharacteristic of him and Allison had like a miscommunication and Gabriel like won a corner off of them where they just kind of all crashed into each other. I don't yeah, know. If I saw that. No. Yeah, the in the second, second half. half. Yeah, but just the community. I guess the confidence in the communication, Liverpool is just not there for him. Um, but I was just saying, Henderson did a good job of holding Martinelli. He took away the option to kind of go far down the line. And in my opinion, you're supposed to kind of force that because then you can. It's easier to cover, you know, the cross in, and then you know you have a corner and you get defenders back and you reset. Oh, yeah. and, but TAA went into that space, and that provided Martinelli and enabled him to be able to cut back and then find that pass. And Gabriel, you know, did a great job of following that play through because, you know, he ran all the way up and, and acted as, as that center forward and did a great job. He, he seems to kind of be in those situations a lot. He scored a couple goals from us. And back to what you were saying as far as him defensively, yeah, he does look extremely shaky. Um, but that's a great breakdown of, like, kind of the first half. Uh, Chuck, how did you, you feel about the first half, man? Did you, you enjoyed it being a neutral? Uh, how do you think the report did? And how do you think, you know, this this amazing energy from Arsenal helped them out. I uh, I definitely loved the back and forth. I feel like most of the match was very back and forth, like especially with these big games. Uh, you know, these big games are always very nervy. Uh, 
very hectic. Neither team, you know, usually can't find their footing, um, which allows for like very attacking um, football. And it was just it was a joy to watch. It was also a joy to see some of these young players uh, rise to the occasion, especially Gabriel Martinelli, Saka, uh, Tomiyasu had an amazing first half. Um, yeah, and and then I remember last week we spoke on Saliba and Gabriel. They didn't have the best overall game uh, or first half, um, but but still the young players uh, up top uh, definitely carried, uh, and that was fun to see. Uh, for Liverpool, uh, that call that George made that uh, Nunez was going to start was surprising to me, um, but like we're not there, you know, day in and day out their practice, so. Uh, so I'm sure he's doing something right there, which earned him the start, and rightfully so. He's super energetic, um, makes great runs. It's kind of all over the place up top, um, which Liverpool definitely needed that after that last performance against Brighton, where it just looked like they were lacking some legs, some more runs, um, that you know maybe Firmino can't provide sometimes. Um, so we definitely saw that in the first half, uh, which definitely led into that second half. But yeah, it was it was good for Seth. Um, I think we might have a special guest here. Um, I don't know. Uh, see here, uh, X. You want to introduce him? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we actually called one of our quote unquote, I would say, biggest uh, f- Liverpool fans. So he claims, <laughs> but he does do a great job of breaking down the play of Liverpool as far as like you know my in depth analysis of Arsenal and knowing what goes on and. And watching their practices and all that, he would do the same for Liverpool. So, without further ado, if he unmutes his mic, because I think he still hasn't muted on Discord, I think he just <laughs> did. Uh, we have Walter Martinez, a Liverpool fan, aka Wally News. Uh, Wally, how did you see the first half? Being uh, the diehard Liverpool fan that you are, allegedly, um, thank you for joining us. First of all, bro, lovely, love you know, love to have you here. Uh, how did you feel about that first half, man? What can you tell us? Uh, how do you see Arsenal, and uh, how do you see your Liverpool? Well, first of all, guys, appreciate you guys having me. Um, honestly, it was hard. <laughs> it was hard watching. Um, it, it's crazy because, you know, like the first few minutes, I was like, let's not give up a goal, you know? And and, and I think if, if I'm not mistaken, it's been like the last 10 or 15 matches where they gave up a goal the first, like they give up, you know, knowing Liverpool's defense, they never give up goals. I mean, I think last season they had maybe like 20 goals against the whole season. This season they had maybe 16 goals against them already. And I think since last season, they've been giving up the first goal um, for the past 12 matches in a row, not including Champions League, of course. It's just Premier League um, games. So the crazy thing about it is, you know, I don't know if it's just been like the players are tired or, or what's going on with them. You know, like in the first 12 minutes of the first half, you know, Martinelli was all over them. We couldn't catch a break. I mean, the first goal came in and and I honestly thought it was going to be two or three zero before the tw- first 25 minutes. It was that bad. Um, I think, you know, after the 20th minute, we started picking up some pace getting the ball to Luis Diaz. Um, and, and, and honestly, he was the only player creating. Luis Diaz, he would get the ball to Diaz, Jota. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with Salah. He wasn't getting involved in the plays or anything like that. But the whole offense was going through Diaz. He would get Jota involved. He would get Nunez involved. And, 
they were actually creating some nice plays. Uh, I think the first goal for Liverpool, it's a through ball. Diaz makes the run, which it's funny because he's offside. I guess Bar didn't catch that. Um, so after that, Diaz gets to the ball first. I, I, I think, honestly, and don't quote me on this, but since Nunez didn't make the run, I guess Gabriel didn't make the run either. He thought, okay, well, if if if, if Nunez gets to the ball, it's offside. So they both stopped. Uh, Luis Diaz was smart enough to continue the play. He kept going. He, he got the cross it, and Nunez got it in, which surprisingly, like George said, um, I didn't think he was going to start. I honestly didn't think he was going to start. Uh, especially on all these big games, uh, Klopp is not known to like start new signings. It, it takes him at least six months to transition into the team. Um, I think the only signing that has not had a transition period, it's Luis Diaz. The rest of them, Fabinho, Jota, it's taken them three to six months to actually get a, a game to start, you know, and so I, I didn't think he was going to start and surprisingly had a pretty, pretty good 45 minutes. Um, after that, it was downhill. Um, the last 25 minutes, Liverpool was playing pretty good. We had Arsenal basically on their half. After, we didn't take advantage of it. We just didn't take advantage of that. We, we thought, hey, you know, we're back to normal. You know, where we have Arsenal where we want to have them. Um, the last play of the match, you know, of the well, not the match, sorry, the first half, we 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 have a free kick and we send all our defenders, everybody basically up there and just leave Hendo and um, Trent back there to cover. Um, and like you said, Hendo basically he, I, I'm surprised he kept up with Martinelli. He's so fast. I, I don't know if any of you guys noticed this, but uh, it. In the first half, there was a, a foot race between Luis Diaz, and everybody knows that yeah. Luis Diaz is, is crazy is fast. fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Martinelli took off and left him behind. I mean, that's how fast he is. <laughs> so well, it Diaz was, had to pull him back from the shoulder. Correct. I think Martinelli actually had to come across diagonally, and Luis Diaz was running straight. So the fact that Martinelli even got to that ball and then took him off, I think Diaz was smart. That was a smart foul. Uh, yeah, that, it was. That's, that's, where he got, that's where he got his yellow card. Um, but, you know, I'm surprised that Hendo was able to keep up with him. And, and actually, Hendo was doing the right thing. You know, when he was defending yep. against against Martinelli, he had his body between the ball and the goal. So Martinelli mm -hmm. was doing the run towards the corner. I mean, he was going already towards the corner. Um, and I, I don't know if you've seen, like, in depth of, like, that play, but um, Hendo actually starts slowing down once Trent makes that run towards Martinelli, which, you know, in my opinion, he should have never tried to make that run. Um, he he basically interfered with what Henderson was doing. And everybody is blaming Henderson for this goal. And honestly, I thought he was doing the right thing. He was covering his pose. He was sending Martinelli to the corner where he's not going to be any danger towards our goal. Um, and... I don't know what happened to Trent, and but don't get me wrong. Um, I, I honestly think that okay, everybody's bashing Trent, and I get it. He's been horrible defensively for the, the since the start of the season. Um, but I think it was his ankle. <laughs> I'm gonna have an excuse for him. It did look Locker bad. Room. It did look bad. I think uh, it did look like a bad foul. But I mean, I. 
I think the media is going to go crazy over it. I don't think he goes to the English squad. And man, look, just because we, you know, this is what we do. You know, we have a podcast and we talk about players, about things that are going on. I hate to see a player kind of go through what he's going through because I think he can, he, he is a great player. We've all seen it. Uh, back when, when Trent has it, had his afro and he was doing what he did and Liverpool playing great football, he was the number one player you wanted in your defense, no matter what, uh, as far as FPL. But, if, you know, if you want him in FPL, that means he's doing a great job. But right now, I feel like the confidence is shot and he's just... It's just getting worse and worse for him. I don't like uh, making fun of a player or bashing him because, you know, I don't wish bad for anyone. I I want good energy for them. But Trent is going through a hard time. But we have to give what the stats are. And the stats are he's playing like shit. Like, you know, whether I'm trying to be mean or not, that's just the truth. Um, But hopefully he gets back to his ways. Exactly what you were saying, though, Wally. Mm -hmm. I think he kind of he kind of basically gifted us that opportunity in that second goal uh, right at, as the half was ending because of the run that he made. Like you said, Henderson, I think, did the exact right thing, and and, and, and T.A. kind of fucked that up for him. But do you really think uh, that, that it was the injury? you think it was the ankle? Has has Liverpool came out and said anything? Is that what, they, what they're saying? Uh, well, it, it's... I mean, our season's getting worse. Uh, Luis Diaz is out until, like, after the World Cup. Uh, they're saying that Trent's out for three weeks. So, honestly, I think... His injury is perfect timing. He's his confidence is super low. Um, he needs his break. He's tired. He looks tired. He's not making those runs. Um, I don't know if you if you notice how Liverpool's been playing, but tactically they're they changed overall. Um, last season when they made it to the Champions League, uh, a lot of a lot of the runs from Trent were out wide. Um, you would see Salah tuck in. Um, Salah was playing closer to the goal. Uh, this season, you're seeing the opposite. You're seeing Salah get wide. You're seeing Trent play more as a midfield player, which, you know, I don't know if a lot of you guys know this, but actually Trent, when he was playing in the youth teams, he was actually a center mid. He was a holding mid, which is is, is pretty crazy because Klopp was the one that put him on the wing and, and actually tried him out there, and he made a hell of a player out of him. I mean, dude, you have like a, a playmaker on playing as a right back. I think, honestly, I wasn't around to see Cafu play, but a lot of them saying that he plays better than Cafu offensively. I, don't quote me on this. I, ne- I, I didn't All right, that's where I we cut off all much. that. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> you guys hear me? You guys hear me? Yeah, no. Yeah, he was saying he was going to cut off Wally. Oh, okay. <laughs> because of the shit you just said. <laughs> okay. Oh, about I thought it was... Off the ear. <laughs> <laughs> I no, 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 but seriously. Wally. <laughs> no, seriously. There's a lot of people saying, and not just me, like, uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, there's Sky News and, you know, you have those clips of, like, some of these professional players talking about it and, and a lot of them do say, hey, you know, he, he's the best right back that we've seen, like, in the Premier League era. Like, not, not, not talking about, like, the, when it was, basically the rebrand of the English soccer, you know, or football, um, Premier League, you know, the new brand. Um, they're saying he's one of the best right backs they've seen so far. And to to be honest, as a Liverpool player, I, a player, as a Liverpool supporter, I hate to admit this, but I think Reese James is a more complete player than Trent. Um, so, yeah, I had to get that off my chest. But I think <laughs> <laughs> tactically wise, I, um, it's just been different. He hasn't been able to adapt to the new role that he has. Um, I don't know if you guys caught a, a couple of the games that where he's we've been getting scored on the right side. If you notice, um, Hendo's right in midfield and Trent's right next to him. Um, 
so a lot of a lot of the goals is is you know you have this the right center back pulling out to the side then you have van dyke pulling out and then you know that space stays in between the center backs or the or the left back and the and the center back and so you know it's just that extra space that it's it's getting exposed and i hate that they they blame him but it's the tactical system that liverpool are playing this season uh it's crazy that they changed this whole system that was working last season to a new system. Um, it's crazy to me. I mean, if it's why, not broken, why, why fix it? As far yeah, as far as like what you're looking at, why would Klopp do that? Don't you think if something like you said, if it's not broken, you don't have to fix it? So, so it is why broken. did Liverpool revert to a new game plan, a new style of play? There has to be a reason. Hey, was it Mane. Mane leaving? Is it that they couldn't keep up with that amount of press? Uh, Klopp just wanted to change the system. You lost players. What's the reason behind it? Um, honestly, I think it's it's a little of everything. Uh, Mane leaving, which um, I don't think that really affected the team because honestly, before the African Cup last year, Mane was pretty much just there. He wasn't doing anything offensively. I mean, he would have his goal here and there, but... I mean, he wasn't the Mane that we'd known, you know, like he, you know, Mane, like everybody wanted him on fantasy. I mean, I think the season prior to that, I, I had him as my first pick in fantasy, which is, you know, I would never honestly pick Mane over Salah, but I, I was so confident that he was going to have that type of season. Um, and I don't think he's, he's we missed him. Um, I think it's been more of trying to adapt to a new system where bringing Nunez in. We never played with the with the nine uh, if you notice, Fermino, uh, Jota, they all drop a lot. They press a lot. Uh, they are basically, they're our first defenders. Nunez doesn't press. He's not used to pressing. He's more of a, okay, get the ball into the area and, and score or make those runs. He's more of a, I wouldn't want to compare him to Haaland. He's sort of like a Haaland, but he's... I, <laughs> it's going to sound really wrong, but in my opinion, Nunez is a more complete player. Haaland is... Yes. It sounds wrong, but Haaland, <laughs> Haaland's a, <laughs> Haaland is a monster scoring goals, but his oh the rest of his days. game, the rest of his game is not there. Have y'all noticed that? Like, Did okay. you not see the dime he gave to Phil Foden last week? Okay, the but look, dime. That okay. was like Kevin De Bruyne. I know, I know, y'all saw that interview where they were like, "Okay, Haaland had just scored a hat trick." I can't remember which game it was. It was uh, crap. I can't remember the game, but it was like the the post interview, and they were like, "Hey, Haaland, you know, you, how do you feel about everybody talking about you only touched the ball fourteen times this match?" And he was like, "I don't care. You know, I'm scoring the goals." He's like, "I just had a hat trick. I don't care how many times I touched the ball. I, just, you know, as long as I'm scoring, it's okay." So Haaland is not really involved in any of the. Any, any of the buildup. He's there to score. That's his job. He is the buildup. Okay, all right. You need to relax, Wally. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Even if you don't pick up the ball, you making these runs and pulling players, a uh, player at the level of Holland, that is being part of the play. Otherwise, those spaces don't open up. He's a center forward, like a true center forward. What I think Liverpool wanted Nunes to be. The fact that Nunes is getting more touches on the ball is because Liverpool's 
uh, midfield or Liverpool's wingers, who you guys depended on for so long, aren't doing that anymore. So Nunes has to tuck back in to receive that ball. Otherwise, he's not going to get it. So it's not that he's being a more complete player. It's that he's being desperate for the ball and he has to receive that ball. But he's supposed to be, you know, your true forward. Like George said, no matter what, Haaland and, and Nunes are going to be linked because they came at the same time to, at the time, the two biggest clubs uh, in the Premier League. I, I I think it's ballsy for you to say that that he's a more complete player than Haaland. That shit to me that's that's wild. Chacon, how do you uh, feel about this? I haven't heard from you in but, a bit because Wal Walter's really pissing me off. No, Wally, Wally, guys, relax a little bit. Chacon, how do you feel about this? I I mean, only time will tell. Basically, I I honestly feel like it's still early in both of their careers. Um, at the moment, though, that's a reach. Like if I guess you could say you're only as good as your last game, um, and or your most recent form, and Holland has been unplayable at the moment. Um, if you were to get anybody, like ask anybody out in the street in the UK or any anybody that watches the Prem, they'd be like, "Who's the best player in the Prem right now?" It's easily Holland, and I just think Nunes has to do more. Um, I haven't seen enough of his game. He, he hasn't even had enough playing time throughout the Prem so far this season to even, like, make that comparison. Like, I, can, I don't even have enough tape to look at, <laughs> like, to, 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 like, to say he's better than Holland, like, especially in the Prem. Uh, I definitely think time will tell. We'll see how the season goes on. Um, hopefully they both, you know, start scoring goals because, I mean, we all, as as, you know, football enthusiasts, like, we just love watching goals. And we love seeing people ball out. So I hope they both ball out. But at the moment, um, it, I, I'm, I'm sure the listeners are questioning why we even brought this man on. on <laughs> I, with, with I'm questioning guy. it. I'm the one yeah, that fucking so, invited him. Uh, no, 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 so, no. You guys misunderstood what I was saying. I'm, I'm saying Holland's a goal scorer. He's going to score as many goals as you put him there. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the interview today from uh, Wilson. He was like, hey, you know, we need to have a golden boot just for Holland and a silver boot for the rest of us. It's, that's how bad it is. But, Damn. I mean, I, I don't think he's... He he's a god scoring goals, but he's not the most complete player. He 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 brings that fear into the defenders, and I get it. But you got to think about it. Would he be able to do this in a different team? I know Man City has this wild team. I mean, yeah, Foden. You you know these stars that even without Holland they were winning this comfortable. Like Holland is just that little cherry on the top. I mean he. He's there to score, and he's doing that. I get it, but I don't think he's a complete player, in my opinion. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's crazy. All this this content we've had is just uh, as far as the first half. So we're going to get into the second half of the game. Um, I know this seems like a really long uh, episode on just this, but, I mean, this game definitely lived up to what we expected it to be. Um after, I will agree with you, after Liverpool scored that goal, they kind of like, all the gas that they had on the pedal, their foot on the pedal the whole time, it kind of died off. And it, like I said, it roll reversed. Arsenal got back into the game. Coming in the second half, um, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, it was completely Arsenal. Arsenal controlled it. The Firmino goal came out of nowhere. And like me and Chacon had said, we thought Bobby was going to you know, start the form that he's been in. And what a fucking finish that was. Like the angle was tight, smooth into the corner. Ramsdale had no chance. And even the run in behind Saliba to beat him. I think someone had told me what Saliba uh, caught um, out of position. I, I wouldn't say he was caught out of position. I think he was just caught by a brilliant run by a great forward, a sneaky forward. What is exactly Roberto Firmino? 
Um, he made that run in behind him, completely fooled him. That's where the lack of experience comes in. I think he was in the right spot. He just didn't react the way that he should have. And Firmino got in behind him and scored. But other than that, I've, I want to say I'm not 100% sure. I think that was Liverpool's only chance in the second half. It was all Arsenal, 100%. We got the PK. Regardless if it was a PK, which I don't know how y'all feel. I'll be unbiased here. It was soft. He did get him. Gabriel did sell it. Um, but it was very, very soft. If that PK wasn't called, I would not have been able to argue it. I would have been like, no, he went down too soft. I think uh, Elliot tried the same thing against Tierney towards the dying minutes of the game, but Tierney was smart enough not to follow through and stopped it. But, uh, I mean, if he would have just slightly followed through, it would have been the exact same thing. Gabriel was looking for it. He found it. Um, you know, the referee, I didn't, Oliver something, what the fuck's his name? Everyone's always talking shit about him. Um, he didn't even go check uh, the VAR. I did hear somebody say, you know, what him and the VAR ref probably communicated is, hey, I saw him come in behind, hit his calf, uh, hit it. I saw contact. He didn't contact the ball. He hit his calf, and the guy would have been like, yeah, that's exactly what happened, but he didn't go check it to be like, oh, that was soft as hell. So regardless of which, though, I feel like Arsenal deserved to win that game. They ended up winning the game. Um, that's just that's just my opinion. Just on a on Liverpool, I feel like they need fresh legs in the midfield. I mean, Arsenal's got some young boys. You know, Udegaard, what is he, maybe 24? I think probably their whole attacking is probably like, maybe Jesus, maybe the, the oldest, right? Maybe 24, 25. So, and they, they like, like you saw in the second goal, they just got after it. And Liverpool, Henderson, he's seen better days in terms of age. Uh, I know I've been hearing rumors about Jude Bellingham. Maybe that's the answer. Who knows? And I know last podcast, I believe, or the one before that, you mentioned that their midfield a couple for the last few years that they've kind of masked their de their defensive liabilities, right? You said they would put pressure on their midfield and even their the other teams attacking, and that kind of helped mask guys like TAA and. Even to an certain extent, Van Dyke, my boy VDV. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's one of those things now you have older legs per se, little injuries here and there. Now you're getting that. And like, like I said last podcast, I believe that uh, this is something that we all knew, but now it's just getting exploited. And, you know, you know quick second about TA, everybody's bashing them. And I'm not one to ever defend a Liverpool uh, player. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like a certain comparison for me is Dani Alves. Great going forward, but nobody consider him a great defender. So, I mean, what he provided offensively kind of made up for that defensive liability. And the same thing for me is the case for T.A. I don't think nobody ever considered him a top-notch defender. But what he was giving you offensively obviously made up for that. But, uh, I mean, even like Cancelo, for me, he's not a great defensive player, but he goes great going forward. Uh, so, and the whole thing with Cafu, oof, I don't know. I, it, it's it, the, the, old, the old school, the old school right back, I think we can all agree, the right back, left back has evolved into their more, per se, just... Uh, uh, left wing, right wing, and that they just maybe just to put him out there. Uh, they just put him as right back, left back, whatever. But I mean, 
the true right back, the Philly Lams, even Cafu, Sanetti. I mean, I think those are just dinosaurs by now. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully, once you come back from injury, TAA can get back into some type of form. Uh, and then lastly, I was just... Well, I have one question, but uh, lastly, in this point for Liverpool, Nunez got a great goal, great game. And I hope for his sake this gets him going because, like I told you guys last week, the money and being linked with Haaland, fair or unfair, he's got to produce. And, you know, he had a good game, I, I would think. And uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll open the floor with, uh, to you guys after this. One of my biggest things for Arsenal going forward is this. And I would like to get your thoughts after this. After bro, I... spit it out. Spit I know. it out, hey, young hey, bro. Hey, I'm trying to... I, hey, I, I'm trying to... Hey, I'm trying to... Hey, I know how he... fucking anticipation. Just saying. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey I, I know how he's, like, on the edge of his seat. No, but I think... For me, the biggest issue, I've not touched about this before, is the depth. I don't care what you tell me, Javi. The depth is important here because, look, and I, and I know you call me a hater, but, you know, I heard somebody say this, and I think it describes it perfectly. Arsenal must keep their starting 11 healthy. City doesn't, doesn't have to, and I think that's the difference. So what happens when, when you lose? And I know you're ready to spit some. Jesus goes down. Martinelli, for all sakes. Oof. And it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. We're ten games. Oh, we're more so nine nine games in. So, I mean, I do think that Arsenal is gonna be that team to give them a run for their money, City. But I think this is a great project going forward, and maybe this next year, the year after that, Arteta has these boys obviously in the right direction. But um, I'll turn the floor over to you guys and. I'll have Javi bash me for the next five minutes. No, no, I already, I've already answered this question. I, I, there's nothing, you can't compare the depth that City has to any other team, and Arsenal doesn't compete in that either. Um, but then again, City's the only team, so we're only competing against them as far as the depth because every other team's kind of the same way. Uh, if Martinelli goes down, we have Marquinhos. Uh, we'll have ESR, Emil Smith Rowe, for those people that don't know uh, abbreviations, BDV. <laughs> BDV. Um, you know, we have uh, Fabio Vieira. We uh, the the biggest one, and I think is a pivotal point in, in Arsenal's starting eleven is is Thomas Party, Partey Party, however you want to call him. I call him Party because without Party, there is no Party. <laughs> um, he is uh, the way you know. My, my little brother said Party's balls delicious. Hey, <laughs> Shout yo. out to my hey, hey, <laughs> no, but you know rating. the balls that Party puts in. It, What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I don't think people realize how good of a passer he actually is. I mean, he he's a great center defensive mid. He wins the ball back. He's aggressive. So he's always getting injured. And that's the issue. He's always getting injured. He's been injured so much. But when he's healthy, I don't think... I, I would think that you guys would agree with me. He's probably the best CDM in the Premier League at the moment. Um, I think he's... That's a, a, wild. A, no, I mean, no, I I don't think... Who, Rodrigo is the best there, center mid. Uh, shut up, Walter. Let me, let me it's it's going to be just right there with him. No. I think party. So, uh, Roger, we can hit him with the same thing y'all hitting Holland with. He's he's surrounded by great players. Everywhere he goes, he has someone to pass the ball to. Uh, you know, as far as party, you have you know you have a center back like Gabriel who's really shaky, and I'll admit that. Uh, Arsenal's still trying to build that. But to answer your question, George, th yes, the depth's not there. So what happens when we get injured? That's when we figure it out. 
everyone's wanting to put Arsenal in the title race. Everyone that's not an Arsenal fan, if you talk to a real Arsenal fan, we're not talking that. We know the you know the the nightmares and 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 the fucking the the lonely cries in our cars after losses and having to smile after your friends bash you for being an Arsenal fan. <laughs> hey, We've uh, already we we know all that, so we we hold it together. We're not getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay. I'm not saying that we're hold on. I'm not saying that we're title contenders yet. I think it's still too early. I'm excited for the football that we're playing. We're going game by game. I'm excited to see them again, and I think they've made that connection with the fans again. I'm getting up at 7.30 in the morning. Last season, if we were playing Liverpool at 7.30 in the morning, guess what I'm doing? I'm sleeping. I'm not going to wake up for that. Whatever, you're getting okay? up. And, uh, <laughs> but now I'm getting up and I'm watching these games. Yes, the depth is an issue. We all know that. Check, how, how, but you, know, you can't get it. And I do want to say, as far as the young, the young guys, because you were talking about the project, is amazing. For, for Saka to go up there and take that PK after what he's been through, especially come from the Euros and all that racist shit they were saying to him, you know, you know, for lack of better words, well, actually, I'm just going to use the better words. The balls on this kid are outrageous. The courage to go step up in that pressure of a penalty because these are the games where you play. Liverpool might bounce back and be the ones up there battling, you know, with City or whatever, or with us or with, you know, whoever you think is going to be up there. In games like this, to, to score that PK and that amount of pressure against... You know, a team at the caliber of Liverpool is, is you got to have some fucking big cojones to do that shit. And he went up there. I thought Allison could have saved it being, you know, the caliber of keeper that he is. But it was cool, calm and collected by Saka and edited it. And I was super fucking happy. I was trying to keep my cool. But even my, my wife was saying, I heard you upstairs. I'm like, my boy. It sounded like the motherfucker from Harry Potter. Yeah. My boy. <laughs> I was like, let's go. So I was super happy about that. But yeah, the depth thing. Uh, it's, yeah, we're not where City's at, but I don't think anybody else has that. Even the other team who everybody thought was going to go crazy, Liverpool, and I think Walter would agree with me, doesn't have the depth that Man City has anymore. We have a lot of youngins, and you can't compare that. R right, Walter? Would you agree with me? No, and, and I agree with that, and, and, and I'll tell you this. Arsenal doesn't need it. You know why? You have okay. all these top four teams that are playing Champions League, so they don't get to rest their players during that half week. So Arsenal are playing maybe... Well, they're actually playing three times a week, but for Europa League, they're they're starting, you know, a lot of youngsters up there and they're resting their stars where you have a Man City. Well, technically, Man City can play with their subs and still have a good game. But, yeah. you know, the Liverpools, you have Spurs, you have Chelsea who are actually starting all their top players. And even actually Man United, they're still starting a lot of their their starting players on these Europa League um, games. So Arsenal's, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're... 100% focused on, on winning the Europa League. They're just like, okay, we're going to give these youngsters a run. You know, if we win the game, we win it. If we don't, we don't. But they're focusing on the Premier League. And I think they have a chance. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, a lot of the stars, you know, it's World Cup year. They're, you know, they're basically not trying to get injured. Arsenal doesn't have a lot of stars that are guaranteed starting players on their national team. So they're busting their ass out there trying to, get a, a, a starting spot or get a squad um, role there. So a lot of these Arsenal players have a point to prove. They're trying to make it to the World Cup. Saka's a great player. He's not a starting player for England. He's trying to get that spot. Martinelli, I don't think he's been called up in Brazil, maybe the last two times, but before that, he was never called up. Gabriel Jesus hasn't been called up to Brazil in the past three or four times. So a lot of these guys have a point to prove. So I think that's going to you know, work in Arsenal's favor, just my opinion. Gotcha. What about you, Chuck? How do you feel about these youngins, bro? How do you feel? Um, we didn't even get you a chance to talk about the second half and as far as the whole game. How do you feel about all this? 
Yeah, man, as far as the whole game, I think, I mean, if Arsenal, some, you know, somehow everything goes right and perfect for them and they end up, you know, winning the league, this is one of those games we're going to look back and could be a classic for them. Um, I think this was a huge um, moment for them. I don't know if we could say it was a huge test. If we saw the game, um, you know, Liverpool is not, you know, what they are used to, like, used to playing um they're not at full power i believe they're missing maybe one or two pieces um but nonetheless it's still a big win for them and if you know they somehow win i think this is one of the key moments of the season for them and key moments for these youngins um saka uh, martinelli odegaard connecting everyone up up top gabriel jesus i think it's just it might be a piv- uh, like a pivotal moment for them they're playing well. They're playing with confidence. Like Walter mentioned, they're all playing for spots in the World Cup. Um, so I see, I see, you know, some potential there. I know you mentioned you don't see them in, in the title race. I mean, it's it's still early, but, you know, there's always hope. I know I know in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe. There's, like, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> don't, don't even yeah, try to say you're modest, not saying anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It's. I'm feeling good about Arsenal and Liverpool. I mean, they they played well. They even though they lost, they didn't get the result they wanted. I still think it was somewhat of a bounce back performance for them. Um not for Salah uh, in particular. He was probably the only one that didn't show up um with his shooting boots uh that day. Um yeah, something's going on with him that uh could be the Mane exit, um the system, maybe he's bored. I don't know what's going on, but uh but overall, I still think it was it was a good performance for Liverpool, both teams. I think Arsenal uh, just edged it. It could have honestly gone either way. Like I, I wouldn't have been surprised if Liverpool got a, a wacky uh, penalty for them and they ended up winning. I, it could have gone either way. Um, and as far as these young guys, yeah, I just I'm looking forward to the rest of the season for sure. Um, and as far as FPL goes. I do want to mention to just start every one of those youngins, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, Jesus, for the rest of the season. They're, I think they're going to put a bunch of stats. Um, I know we praised the young center backs, but they didn't have the best game. Um, I thought Tomiyasu and Ben White had the better games of the defense. But overall, this, I guess you could say the whole team is really young, and yeah, they're just it's going to be a fun rest of the season. Hopefully everything... Goes perfect, no injuries, no injuries to Partey, who, like you said, is unreal CDM. Even at his Atletico days, we know what he can do. So we'll see how all that turns out. For sure. I also think, uh, just to end, a quick note on as far as the Arsenal boys, uh, the fact that they're so young and they have that fire and that desire to kind of, they believe in the project, they believe in the manager. You know, they've won... um, eight out of their nine games they have no draws so they're always looking for that win which i think is incredible not you know no draws in there just shows like you know we're either gonna fucking lose this game or we're gonna win it but, you know Javi. trying to know in between type thing i know that you got i know that manchester Ooh. united has no draws either but you motherfuckers no, have no, three losses no, so it's not no. the same who they well, okay who they lose to though who did arsenal lose to yeah look uh, oh, lucky ass fucking united Was it really? by the way by the skin of their fucking teeth by the skin of their teeth be ever 10th 
Free Everton this fucking week. Relax, George, okay? When you're top of the table, come talk to me. Oh, wow. Regardless of which, regardless, yes, you won the game, whatever, okay? No big deal. We're still talking about Arsenal. We'll get to your Manchester boys. They're going to uh, choke. We're They're talking about choke. Arsenal. Yeah, we got to get to them soon. Look, that's why I'm not speaking too soon, man. That's why I'm not speaking too soon because you're right. There could be one, two injuries in Arsenal's, in Arsenal's team, and that could fuck us. That's why I'm not trying to get too excited. And then guess what? All the banter's going to come back. Uh, yo, you're back where you belong. You're back to this. You're back to that. <laughs> Shut up. I, don't give, I won't fucking hear it. Okay? Uh, it's the truth. That's why I'm not getting ahead of myself. And you guys are the ones <laughs> that get ahead. We're so massive that we you can't keep our goddamn name out of your mouth because Arsenal's a massive club and that's just the truth with some cheese on it. That's the truth hey, with some cheese hey, on hey, it. Hey, still Regardless milking of out that uh, invincible uh, season, Javi. No, well, we're going to lose to some fucking stupid-ass team. Watch. I know we are. And then everyone's yeah, going to fucking come in. That's honestly one yeah. thing I wanted to mention. Well, we lost to the best team in the Premier League. Yes, sir. Come talk to me, so baby. you already did. Uh, as far as Liverpool, just Shit, to end, Liverpool you know, recap this thing. Shut up, George. As far as Liverpool, <laughs> yeah, come uh, talk to us, boys. I did see, I did, I did see some glimpses of the old Liverpool. So I think they're waking up. Honestly, um, I think if they would have played any other team ex- apart from City, they would have beat any other team as far as how they played. I think they played a really good game. It was just unfortunate they came with that loss. But there was glimpses of the old Liverpool that looked scary. My fucking, you know, my butthole was fucking tight, especially towards the end. Like, fuck, these motherfuckers are going to tie this game. Uh, and I knew for me yeah, it was going to score. But my, t- my goddamn cheeks are still sore from all that clinching I was doing. But I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I was thinking, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know, throughout the whole game, like, you know, Salah hasn't done a fucking thing. And, you know, when it ended, you know, I was just like, yeah, Salah didn't do a fucking thing, um, which is crazy to see being, you know, what Salah used to be. He was probably first pick for a lot of people in prem this year uh gg if that was your first pick uh but maybe he'll bounce back anyways I'm you, is that juanito curse shout out to juanito. that juanito curse shout, shout out juanito. Juan. hey shout out juan uh anyways arsenal sits top of the league in the premier league with 24 points city right behind them with 23 uh they did beat southampton georgia i think you said you caught that game the southampton city game yes or was it you chacon oh yeah so you george yeah i caught it hey, how'd you hey, feel uh, about that one uh I mean, it's just another dominate dominating game by Man City. I mean, what at this point, what can you say? I know they're not top of the table, but the way people talk about City is like they're already 15 points clear uh, and everybody else just playing catch-up. Uh, I mean, obviously, they play Southampton, so it's kind of hard to, to an extent, be, like, impressed. But it's just the way they just thoroughly dominate the the offensive prowess, the everything they from the rip. Thing is, it's from the rip. They're like, and they're motivated. You would think a team that loaded would maybe just kick back and be like, you know what, we're just gonna relax, and then when we want to turn it on, we want to, we're gonna turn it on. But you know, they they came out strong, and you know they thoroughly dominated, and just the quality on this team is great. And uh, there's obviously the the head honchos here and probably result in another title, but I guess we'll see. And Holland again on the, on the score sheet, you know, what more can you say other than one more goal? And, you know, he's up 15. I think last year the most was 23 and he's basically there after nine games. So we'll see how that goes, but they do play Liverpool next. And one thing about Chloe, I don't know what it is, but he's got Guardiola's number for whatever odd reason. And, We'll see how that goes. Uh, Southampton welcomes West Ham. And that's it Next. for that. Gotcha. As far as the Brighton Tottenham that we uh, expected to be a really good game, a really tight game, 
Uh, Brian, I know you caught that one. How did you feel about that one, bro? Yeah, I think I had mentioned in my like prediction, I think I said it was going to be a close game. It was a pretty close game. Uh, kind of scrappy football um, throughout the whole way from start to finish. Um, I think the goal, it was a great cross and header from Sun and uh, Kane. And I think was, that going Was it a forward, cross or was it a shot from Sun? It was a shot. Uh, the, I thought it looked like a cross. I mean, it, it's one of them ones where it's like halfway. But either way, it's like the goal happened kind of out of nowhere. Spurs weren't really, didn't really have anything up top. Um, I honestly thought Brian had more up top. Yeah. Uh, but still pretty close game. Nothing too conclusive. Uh, luckily, Spurs got the three points. Um Let's see who, who does Spurs have next. Everton, yeah. who are playing well. And then Brighton, I think, you know, in good form. Unlucky to get something out of the game. Uh, and they go see Brighton next. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, yeah, uh, uh, sure. hey, quick second. Quick second. scrappy game. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey remember, y'all freaking bashed me with the Yoris. He got 10 points. He got me just enough. Uh, quick shout out. I forgot to say that George George guessed eight out of nine of his predictions were correct. The only eight, one he got wrong was uh, the Arsenal Liverpool. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten because of the whole Loris thing. Okay, congratulations, no, no, George. But, I, yeah, yeah. If I if I could insert a round of applause, I would. I don't know how to do that <laughs> no, yet, but round of applause. Yeah, to no, I mean not not even. I that, mean, I it's not saying, the craziest you know, prediction. Like this man is a World Cup winner. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do want to say this, and I mean, I know we're short on time, but I just want to get a hey, get this out the way with Spurs. They won, obviously. But the thing with me still is how, like, just watching Conte's teams play, it's just, I don't know, it's like, I know I mentioned... It's a bit toothless. They mentioned once about, the one that I mentioned that, I guess, while production is high, I guess toler- toleration is, is high as well, but it's just so defensive for no reason. Like, they have the team to put teams away, like, quick. I mean, obviously, we can get into the top six, whatever, but Brighton... Like, the first 20 minutes, they had them. And then they scored, and then now, like, oh, shit, we got to just lay back. Like, put your fucking foot on their throat and smash them. Smash them. But no, you want to get defensive for no reason. And what happens, trust me, if Conte goes on a bad form run of, like, four, five games where they lose, I'm telling you, I bet you the toleration would be low. They're just, I don't know. I, I mean, they're obviously number three, and... You know, they're right behind Arsenal and City, but I don't know. I feel like it, it, they should have better football, but whatever. I, I just don't think they have the midfield to do so. I mean, you don't have an you don't have an Odegaard. You don't have a, a party, just to reference, you know, the rivals. You, you don't have that. You don't have a Casemiro to hold, you know, which I think fucked up on the first goal, but then had a great assist for the second goal. You know, you don't have the, the Fabinho. You no, know, they're, even they're really fucking Ellie. Hey, Benton Cores yeah, is playing yeah, they're, pretty they got well. Good yeah, but he doesn't have anybody Holtzberg around him and... that you would say. We're talking about it. We can't even reference him. When you talk about a Spurs game, who do you talk about? You talk about Son. But that's... You know, you talk about Harry Kane. These are guys that are up top, in the middle. That that That's who makes... That's where the ball's supposed to flow through. Otherwise, you have to hit the long ball. But that's the style. I don't style. think they have the midfield to do so. You know, the style, they, they because they don't have it. They, yeah. they only play counter ball. But, I mean, because they have to. I don't think so. No, they I, have I, to. I don't think I so. I personally but, believe they have the midfield. Yeah. They have the squad. Like a lot of these players are coming into their own from the top to bottom. Like let's start at the back. Like Romero, Dyer transferred yep. into center back and he's playing well. Yep. Uh Bentoncourt, Holdberg, Basuma is just starting to get some minutes after all of the um those issues he had off the pitch. 
Um, I, I Sessignon is starting to they they're starting to come into their own. I think Spurs have a squad that they can believe in. Um, and I I don't think you should write them off in, in saying that they can't play that way. I think they, and they have Richarlison coming off the bench. I think they have what it takes to be more attacking. Yeah. Um, but I I don't see it happening under Conte. Yeah. They need better mids. None of their midfielders yes. were starred for any of the top six teams. None of them. If Liverpool had Bentoncourt, they would have won. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting salty off of the yeah. facts. Look, I don't agree with Walter very often, but I agree with him here. They don't have the mid to do so. No, the Conte has to play the counterball. What are the listeners saying? What are the listeners saying? Richarlison, Kane, Son. They have the speed for the counter. I mean, That's honestly, how I would play. That's just the truth. He's been doing that at Chelsea, too, and he had the players there. This man is just defensively minded up the yin-yang. You know, if he had Chelsea, he's going to do it with Spurs because it's less quality of a team. Well, you have two great strikers up top, like Harry Kane and Son, that can get the ball up top. And like you said, Richarlison, but these are guys that you send the ball to because motherfuckers can't catch him. You don't have anybody to interplay in the middle. Maybe know. they're coming into their own. Maybe he'll get there, but right now it's not that. I don't have that's just bro, that's this, just how I feel. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Moving a mess. I'm just saying, it's the truth. I'm sure we'll, we'll drop it. We'll drop it uh, on Instagram so people could give our feedback or whatever they want to do. But it's the truth. Spurs <laughs> don't have the midfield to fucking do it. I mean, I think regardless of which, quality. oh, they're not fucking doing it. So I think you're wrong. Well, obviously uh, I'm agreeing. Uh, as in, like they okay. need to get this shit together. Anyways, so Spurs took that one one zero to a Brighton, who I thought should have won it, but obviously did not. Uh, I did catch the Brent for Newcastle just real quick. That was 5-1. I think we all expected Newcastle to win. We just didn't think it was going to be by that margin. Uh, Miguel Almiron, shout out you know, to Atlanta. Atlanta boy, he did uh, come out and get a goal. However, Brentford did to have two fucking howlers of a goal. The Miga goal actually was a pass back from the center back to uh, Raya. And Miga, it was a terrible pass back. Miga got the ball, went around the keeper, scored that. And I think there was another howler where they tried to play, Brentford tried to play out the back. Um, and they they got that ball too. And Newcastle took advantage of it. So 5-1, uh, Bruno Gamares got, you know, two goals in that one. Miga got bagged one. Trippier with another assist. Uh, he's starting to be a really good pickup if you haven't got him on FPL. Uh, Newcastle moves up on the table. They are sitting pretty at sixth place. Uh, we'll give you the table right now. It's Arsenal, City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Man United, Newcastle United, Brighton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Liverpool, Brentford, Everton, West Ham United, Leeds, Crystal Palace, Aston Villa, Southampton, and your bottom three, um, Wolverhampton, Nottingham Forest and last place is Leicester City, who actually lost, and we had counted them to win. Um, when but is far as going to get fired? Yeah, my yeah. my apologies. Uh, that's what I was about to get yeah. to. So, oh no, not Rod. Oh, as far as for Leicester, I was going to talk about the Stevie G one, but I guess they both fit because we were talking about the Stevie G doesn't win this game against Nottingham Forest. You know how long? One of our listeners actually asked me this question: How long do you give a manager before you sack him? Um, I was telling George before we started recording, uh, do you you, you kind of wait for it as far as like the Arteta thing? People wanted him out really quickly, but, you know, the board obviously believed in him. They backed him, and now he's starting to, you know, you're seeing the results. Do you give Stevie G coming from, you know, winning, uh, going undefeated? We just, we just saw that he went undefeated back when he was at the Scottish Premiership with Rangers and actually ended up winning and got them and topping, you know, their group in Europa and doing all these great things. So we know that he has a good football mind. Uh, do you think that the Premier League is just different, you know, too much of a level for him, different gravy? Uh, do you think the, 
the players that he has aren't up to par? Do you think the style that he's playing isn't up to par? And even for Lester's, Brendan Rodgers, uh, how do you think that he's – do they fire him? Do they believe in him? Having, you know – the experience that he has in the premiership and as far as what he's achieved, even, you know, with Liverpool, how do you feel about this? Wally? do you think, do you give him more time? Is it time to say goodbye to both of these guys or do you let them ride out? Uh, Stevie G, I think you got to give him some more time. Honestly, um, they're not playing too bad. They're actually playing decent. Uh, I just think, you know, it's hard to judge him when, you know, he had his starting center back injured for the whole season. His holding mid is injured for the whole season. So he has a, like your core is your main you know your main players that's that's where you know the brain of the system is at and if he's losing these players it's hard to judge them i mean it's hard to replace these guys um i think you know at the start of the season he took the um the uh, captain armband from mings um so you know he has the balls to make you know big calls uh, and i give him that um i think he's gonna it's gonna be good for them um Vila doesn't have a great team. Uh, they have to buy new players. He's he's bringing in new players, so I would give him a season or two, and I think it it's gonna be the kind of like the new Arsenal, even though Arsenal is a new Arsenal. Um, Rogers, <laughs> I think he has to go. He, he definitely has to go. Um, and, and I lived this uh, when his last two seasons with Liverpool, they were horrible uh, tactically. The players didn't want to be there. I mean. He was just playing players where they shouldn't be playing. Um, and, and this is the same thing happening here. I, the last game, they should have never lost that game. Um, I, I've been on Twitter, and don't get me wrong, um, I, Twitter half the time is wrong. But uh, I've been reading that they don't want to fire him because they have to pay him like a $20 million, uh pay out to get him out of his contract so they don't they want to keep him as long as That's they can so they don't have to pay him out Exclusive. no i'm serious it's 17 20 million something like something crazy where they don't they don't want to pay that to to you know to let him go and i don't blame them it's a lot of money yeah there's obviously issues uh going on behind the scenes they didn't sign anybody they had people leave so we don't know what's going on with lester i uh, will see if they sack uh brendan rogers is enough i don't know if they will if they will not um I think the last one, just real quick before we wrap it up, United Everton. I keep saying they won by the skin of the teeth. Uh, Georgie, if you have a quick recap for that one, I know that you watched that one. Um, what were your thoughts about the game? Did they deserve to win? Or did hey, they hey, hey! I think we deserve another hour. You guys ready? Actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, like I told you guys, it was going to be a tough game, and and United was going to get it handed to them in terms of, you know, Everton was going to, you know put their best foot forward and, you know, United weather the storm. As in, you saw what City did to United, obviously. And, hey, Everton scored first in the first five minutes. What a great goal by Wobie, ex-Arsenal man. And uh, you would thought, oh, here they go. But they bounced back and they tied it with Anthony's good goal. Three goals in three games. What can you say? Uh, I think he's the first Man United player to do that, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, you're right about first, that. Yeah. And uh, Casemiro finally got the start. He got introduced... I know he's played before, but he really got introduced to the Premier League quick. Second half, he got bodied by this guy, Onana, something like that. And he got <laughs> dropped. And I was like, "Here, you, hey, welcome to the big leagues, boy, boys. And uh, But in the first half, he had this, like, he went from a Sunday League player to, like, okay, this is why they pay so much money for him. On, on the pass he had, the first touch, I don't know what he was doing, and he just whiffed the ball. He got it back, and then he just 
freaking put a dime of a ball to Ronaldo that El Bicho, my GOAT, 700th career club goal. I mean, this guy's, it was just a vintage Ronaldo finish. Um, and if he can fit within the scheme of the club, I think he, I mean, he's a great finisher at this point of his career. His converting rate is, is amazing. So if he can fit in, because there was a, when you have a guy like Ronaldo, and and he shows it on the pitch, he demands the ball. Even though there's instances where he shouldn't even get the ball, but you know, I I, I feel like if he can just maybe it was because he wanted his seven hundredth goal, but uh, I I think if he can fit within the system, he could really help us a lot. So, uh, Everton, unfair, but hey. Oh, there's one thing, other thing. The VAR, I also worked here because Rashford would have had us 3-1. But they said it was a handball. I thought it was weak. I guess when you look at it slow-mo, maybe you're like, okay, it was a handball. But I didn't think so because, I mean, when you slow anything down, it looks worse than what it really is. But Everton almost got us at the end, but we won, and that's all that matters. Fifth place, I believe, and with one game, yeah. with one game uh, on hand. So let's get it, boys. For sure. And that was George's thesis on Manchester United this hey, week. Hey, hey, This was a lot shorter than that 15 minutes you spent on Arsenal. Kidding. Hey, well, it was the game of the week. It's not my fault. And my 20, team is massive. And 20 that Liverpool's been on Liverpool. We'll, okay, real quick. I know we'll eventually have the discussion, but there's there's Manchester United and even to an extent Liverpool, and then there's everybody else, my boy. Check the stats. Okay. We're talking about right now. We'll have a history lesson. Okay, okay. We'll talk about right now. Actually, George is Liverpool and then Man United. I don't know about that. Okay, we'll have this conversation another day. We don't want to get into it right now. 13th Premier League title. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, we do have some uh, just last, last news uh, before we wrap it up. There was uh, Aubameyang was talking mad shit about Arteta. Uh, He was saying that to manage big characters and big players, he can't deal with it. just says he needs young players that don't say anything to him and they just listen i think it's working out so that chelsea arsenal game that's coming up uh here soon will be a a good one to watch we do have a the next we'll talk about it obviously on thursday but we have man city versus liverpool what i think hopefully lives up to be the game of the week but as far as that boys uh good episode thank you guys for joining us uh georgie chacon walter thank you for being our special guest today we'll definitely uh hope to have you more often especially if liverpool comes back or if they keep getting shitted on that way we could talk some shit uh regardless of which anyways though good night boys good night love the one one last thing go ahead check so th- i know this isn't uh this is a fpl premier league you know chat but I just want to leave you guys with this stat that Messi only has nine less club goals in a hundred less matches played. And that's okay. uh, so I'll leave you guys with that. Well, as far as yours. Ronaldo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Well, Messi, you know, Ronaldo. Ronaldo, Ronaldo's only played like We're half good. the games Messi has played this season. Uh, he only has uh, one more goal than Ronaldo. Uh, you know that, right? Just a quick stat. Uh-huh. This is a, for another time. Letting you know. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Nine less goals in a hundred less games. I'm just letting you know. That's We're crazy. talking right now. That's you crazy. Come, you want to come out with some banter? Yeah. Man's played every minute of every game this season. Only has one more goal. The Ronaldo's been right in the bench in the, in the Premier in the League. In the league. Premier League. In the Premier League. Hey man, but nine less re- goals in a hundred less games. With a That's Manchester crazy. United that is not up to par with what they used to be. He's playing for PSG. Hey, hey. He's playing for the literal goddamn pro clubs. Build your 
ultimate team and he only has one yeah. more goal? All right, check. We'll have this discussion yeah. another day. Thank you guys for joining <laughs> us. Good night. <laughs> Peace. Thank you guys for joining us on Foot News. We appreciate you guys listening all the way through. Please message us with any feedback that you might have on Instagram at Shavimira, X-A-V-I underscore M-I-R-A. And at George Saldana, that's J-R-G, Saldana all together. See you guys next week. Much love. Peace. Hey, maybe, maybe in three years, we'll, we'll be like Joe Rogan, signing $100 million uh, deals with Spotify. You know?